0: and my mother gave birth to my brother Daniel. The conflicts worsened. Most weekends were spent fighting, trembling, screaming. When they weren't after me, my parents were attacking each other, fighting with neighbors, hating and hurting. We all lived at Deprivation Central, a family of loved, starved narcissists clamoring to see our individual reflections in a tiny pool of validation. There truly was no rest for the wicked in the haunted house that was my family. In the first sixteen years of my life, we moved nine times. My dad went bankrupt. One Christmas, debt collectors banged on the door with hammers in the night. As an adolescent, I basically stopped going to school. Battle-weary from home, I couldn't handle the attacks in the schoolyard. I became agoraphobic. Hiding from a threatening world in the worst hiding place of all. An in-house battlefield. Better the devil you know. A shroud for every occasion. To cope, I covered over my essential self. I became expert at the art of pulling adaptations and disguises from a hat in the blink of an eye. From an early age, I was a master shapeshifter. An altar boy at the temple of distraction, I put much of my energy into finding inventive ways to avoid the moment. This self-distractive behavior prevented me from self-destructing in the heat of a too-painful reality. My first disguise, hyper boy, was always in motion, twitching and jumping, running and kicking. I jumped from project to project, room to room, determined to never sit still. Fast movement masked my inner world, shielding me from unbearable pain. I moved so that I wouldn't feel, and because a moving target is harder to fell, I was put on Ritalin to slow me down. It almost killed me. It slowed me down so much that I began to feel the horrors I sought to escape. Encyclopedia Brown preferred to be a heady, detached observer of life rather than a participant. Repetitive thoughts and mind games kept the pain at bay. Many of my later struggles involved distinguishing an avoidant headiness from a soul-sourced thoughtfulness. Am I using my mind to avoid true path or to honor it? Are my brainwaves moving me away from the ocean of wonder? or deeper into it. People called me bad boy, because I was. I swore early and often. I lit fires when no one was looking. I hit little girls with garbage can lids. I was kicked out of Hebrew school and summer camp. I stuck kick me signs on the backs of people I didn't like. I abused others, as I had been abused. Acting out dark emotions allowed me to move them out of their toxic holding chambers and helped me to mask my fundamental terror. A child living in a war zone, I could stay out of touch with my own brokenness if I appeared nasty to my peers. The mask of the nasty boy fit tightly for many years. The warrior was my most significant adaptation and disguise. He protected me from injustice. Throughout childhood, I fought back against my parents' tyranny with great resolve. My mouth became my shield and weapon, and I fought for my rights with mouthpiece a By the time I was eight, I had well-developed capacities for subterfuge, espionage, attack, and counterattack. Of course, fighting back made matters worse. Where my brothers benefited by going quiet, children are wrongly rewarded for containment. My big mouth drew negative attention to myself. Yet, I had no choice. I would cajole myself to shut up, but the call to arms would not be silenced. I couldn't stand the sensations of defeat, nor the theft of my personal integrity. In adolescence, I became a defender of other people's liberty. When I wasn't an abuser, I was the protector of the schoolyard, verbally protecting the weak and unrepresented in a kangaroo court that I alone presided over. At summer camp, I fought against petty tyrannies on behalf of others. Many camp counselors paid the price for...